Welcome to the Kettle Call Podcast. Today we're starting our feedlot research of the month. We are getting towards to the end of the year. So before we get started, let me go ahead and call Brooke Latek. Hello, Brooke. Hi, Pedro. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Is it a good time for a call? It's always a great time for a cattle call. That's pretty good. We we are reaching out at the end of the year, right, Brooke? And it's starting to get a little chilly down here. Yeah, it, the, the nights are really cooling off, and I think the cattle are really appreciating it. Yes, yeah, I agree that. And, and we've seen that in, in our uh, daily feed intake, right? We, mm-hmm. We've seen some increase in the past couple of weeks, which is, is great. So, mm-hmm. so Brooke, uh, can you tell us what is the paper that we are going to discuss this month and who are the authors and where it was, where and when it was conducted? Sure. So the paper we're talking about today is titled Delay Implant Strategy in Calf-Fed Holstein Steers, Growth Performance and Carcass Characteristics. Uh, and this was written by Torrentera and others and was published in 2017. And they conducted that uh, research down here at the research, uh, Desert Research and Extension Center. Perfect. So we are coming back to, to the desert, to Direct this month. And again, we are talking, uh, we've, we've mentioned this a uh, couple of months, we are going to be talking about implants. So we are again talking about an uh, implant study. So what did they measure in this study and how the authors approach these these questions that they had? So their objective for the study was to evaluate the weight of calves at first implant um, and what that did to growth performance and carcass characteristics for those calf-fed Holsteins. And so in order to address that objective, um, they started with 96 calf-fed Holstein steers who were around 581 pounds. Um, It was a 224-day feeding trial, and they were blocked by weight and sorted into 16 pens, so six steers per pen. They had four treatments. Uh, The first treatment, the steers were not implanted at all, ever. The second treatment, they first implanted at 587 pounds of live weight, so basically right when they got there or right when they started the experiment. The third treatment first implanted at 640 pounds live weight. And the fourth treatment implanted at 706 pounds live weight. So they increased by about um, 60 pounds per treatment. Perfect. So they what they were doing, they, they there was a group that wasn't implanted, then three other groups, and they were implanting, let's say, every 60 pounds that those animals, what, they implanted the first once the animals get in, right. then... The second group, 60 pound heavier, and the third group, uh, another 60 pound heavier, right? Right. And then all three groups that were implanted, so all treatments except for the first treatment that was never implanted, were re-implanted on day 112. So they were re-implanted on the same day. Um, And both of those implants that they used were Revlor S, which is 120 milligrams of TBA and 24 milligrams of estradiol. All cattle were fed the exact same diet, um, and from there, they collected the typical performance and carcass characteristics. Perfect. That's really good. So we had four treatments, and most fed similar diets. The only different thing were the implant strategy of those animals. So what are, what are the results that the, the authors uh, reported in this, uh, in this experiment? So starting with just non-implanted versus implanted, um, we saw exactly what 
we expected to see. Uh, They saw an increase in dry matter intake by about 6%, an increase in average daily gain by about 17%, an increase in feed efficiency by about 9%, um, and an increase in estimated dietary net energy compared to the non-implanted cattle. That's, again, very similar to previous studies uh, where we've implanted or non-implanted cat-fed hosting steers. We observe a small increase in dry matter intake in this study specifically 6%, but the greater increase in average daily gain in this study, almost 17%, led to an increase in efficiency of those animals, as well as an increase in uh, net energy if, uh, utilization, right? Right. And we, we also saw uh, an improvement in a couple of the carcass characteristics as well. We saw an increase in uh, carcass weight for implanted cattle and an increase in longissimus muscle area for implanted cattle. So we also saw those typical car- carcass characteristics improve as well. That's really good. And it's, part, it's important to mention that because those animals were slaughter heavier, they had heavier carcass increasing in uh, ribeye area. And one good thing to mention again in this particular experiment, and that's a question that we often uh, receive when we are talking about implant strategies, is that going to decrease marbling? Is that going to decrease the quality grade of those animals? In this case, again, uh, there was no negative effect of implanting versus non-implanted on carcass characteristics. We've observed that, and if we slaughter the implanted animals heavier, usually they would take about 100 pounds heavier to, de- to, be sl- to be finished with similar carcass characteristics. And I think that's exactly what we observe in this experiment, right, Brooke? The animals that were implanted were about 100 pounds heavier than the non-implanted group, correct? Correct, Yep. Yeah. And one, one other important thing to mention is that there was no effect of delaying or, uh, or, or not the, the implant strategies, right? Yeah. So when we look at the, the treatment two through four, the different starting live weight for that initial implant, um, we saw a decrease in overall dry matter intake. Um, as we increase live weight at first implanting, but it didn't over or didn't affect overall average daily gain or gain efficiency. So really um, implanting between 587 and 706 pounds for that first initial implant did not affect growth performance or carcass characteristics. That's yeah, that's important to mention. The animals that were implanted Earlier, there was a, a small increase in primary intake when compared to the animals that were implanted later. But overall, performance, uh, feed efficiency, and energy utilization were similar among those, those treatments. And one other thing that we are not going to touch in, in depth in this uh, paper specifically, Brooke, is that the authors developed some equations to estimate average daily gain and and dry matter intake on on implanted versus non-implanted steers, right? That was very interesting. I don't want us to go in details, but it's good that our listeners uh, are aware of that. And if they want to check in the the manuscript, they they have this ability. Yeah, and I think 
the one important thing they found from those equations is just that um, the growth, perf- the integral growth performance, so through time of those non-implanted and implanted cathode Holstein steers are a predictable function of live weight. And so that's just helpful for people if they're wanting to predict how those animals should be performing. And they showed with the study that we can predict that. Yeah, and we've tested that. We've got some past data and tested that equation and it's it predicts pretty well. I've done that mm-hmm. with studies on from other regions as well. And those equations predict average daily gain very, very accurately. So it's important to mention that. And if the listeners want to check, please send an email to us, as, as we always say, uh, and we can send the, the manuscript to you and you can check those equations. So, Brooke, is there anything else that we didn't cover today that you want would like to go in depth on this manuscript specifically? I don't think so. I think we covered everything, um, all the important critical points. And I think just just us discussing how important that implant was is pretty pretty clear in this study here. Yeah, that's great. So again, it's important. We we are doing this series about implanting. We talk about the last uh, episode about implanted versus non-implanted. Only that now we are uh, observing other different strategies and we see similar performance. Once we implanted the animals, the animals are again, going to gain more. They are going to be more efficient. They're going to use less feed to produce more output, which is very, very important uh, every time that we are talking about feed costs and those other things. So I think that's what we have for today. If you are listening to us and again, want to receive this manuscript, please send an email to cattlecalucd at gmail.com. The email is on the description of this episode. Uh, If you have any other questions and comments and suggestions, again, send an email to us. And once you send that email to request a manuscript, please just put the number of the episode so it's, it helps us to send your uh, the manuscript as soon as possible. So thank you again. Uh, and remember, it's always a good time for a cattle call. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you.